Well, hey there, Galpaw Nation. Are you ready for the Sports Galpaw Podcast? That's right. It's the show where each week a guest and I discuss why people are crazy enough to scream at a TV during a game and why we keep coming back for more even after the agony of defeat. From high winds to the best plays of the year, my guests and I go forth everything about sports from the perspective of the people that really matter, the fans in the stands. And I'm your host, Ramona Rice. Well, hey there, Gal Pal Nation. That's right. I'm back. It's the first official episode of the podcast in a long time. I want to thank Gal Pal Nation. Y'all have been amazing during my hiatus. I needed to take a break. We all know why. I'm not going to bring it up because it's just I'm looking forward. I'm moving forward. And that's what I'm doing today. But I just wanted to say thank y'all so, so much for um, the support, the love, and getting me through um, basketball, um, college basketball, because that was actually very difficult. So thank you so much. So on to the show. So hey there, Galpa Nation. I got, want y'all to think about it. Do you have a favorite athlete? Of course you do. Think about it. That one guy. The one guy that not only represents the best on the field, but also has an exemplary life that you want to just model yourself after and that work ethic because to be the top of the line athlete, you must have ethics, you must have um, work drive and imagine building like your own personal brand and bringing some of that in. My guest today has done that. But then add another caveat. What happens if you get the opportunity to bring in your own skill set to this world champion MVP player that you've admired and you get to coach him. Well, my guest today has done that. He is the host of the Solopreneur Hour. He is also the co-host of the Heinz Ward Show. Yeah, that's right. Number 86. I can already feel the terrible towels waving. Besides that, he's practically James Bond. I mean, he's got cool cars. He has... um, he could be a rock star because he's a drummer. Um, he has been an athlete in his own right, and he's just a really, really nice guy. Seriously, can they get any better? It is Michael O'Neill, again, co-host of the Heinz Word Show and the host of the Soulpreneur Hour. Hello, Michael. Welcome to the show. Mona, how, how do I top that? I can tell. I can tell you've listened to my rants against uh, <laughs> bad intros because that was an awesome one. So thank you for having me on the show. And uh, yeah. I, I think there's probably going to be terrible towels waving. I think mine's right behind me here. Oh, is it? Are you waving right. it now? There. Here we go. See if we can hear it. There you go. There we go. That's my terrible towel waving behind me. Yeah. So how are you? What's I going am, on? I am great. I've had several Steelers on, um, Steeler fans and Steeler experts on, but you have a very interesting sports story and a whole thing about it. But we're going to start with my basic question. I ask all of my guests because the foundation of my show is why do we love sports and why are we sports fans? So, Dear Michael, why did you get into sports? Um, I want. Can I answer the first question? Sure. The, why do we love sports and, yeah. and that kind of thing first? Absolutely. I, I will get into that. But um, someone told me once, I remember who mentioned it to me, but I remember doing my like 500th stranger high five in some sports bar. You know, some guy next to me, somebody on TV that I'd never met had done something that I could never do. And I was so excited about it. And you turn to the person next to it, and you give them a high five. And you don't know them at all. You don't know their name, but you're giving them a stranger high five. And there was something about, about that, about the, the community aspect of sports. And, and it, 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 uh, it dawned on me, actually, that 
nobody, nothing brings together a community more than sport or tragedy. Those are the two things that bring like legitimately that bring communities together. And, and, and I think of the two, we would all much rather choose sport than tragedy. So, um, that's, I think one of the, the, the real benefits of being a fan of some kind of sport is being part of this great community. Um, and then how did I get into it? I don't know. You know, I was a kid. It was, you know, I was a, that's what you, there was no option. It's what you did when you were a child in the eighties in Ohio, there was no real video games. So you went outside and you played. And then, you know, for me, I was a, uh, my, my, uh, tennis, tennis camp became the babysitter. That's how my mom got rid of me during the <laughs> summertime is that she would drop me off at Laurel Hill Swim and Tennis Club in Toledo, Ohio uh, at, you know, 8.30 a.m. And then I would get picked up at like six. And that was summertime. You know, that's what we did in the summer. So during that course, I would go to tennis camp and I would go to lessons and hang out at the pool and just sort of be doing that. But I think as a kid playing tennis and soccer and baseball and all those things, um, I, you get that you get the competitive edge that's never lost me. Um, it, it's, it's always been there for me, uh, to this day, you know, to this day where all the other, I, I'm still in competition in a number of different disciplines and, and, uh, in sport. And, and I, I don't think I could ever get away from it. It's, it's just part of me now. Yes. But you have a certain admiration for a certain football team. We've already said it. I mean, cause you work with Heinz Ward and when you think Heinz Ward, we think either it's Dancing with Stars. Let's be honest. A good portion of America. Not for, not for me. It's not, not for me, um, but a good portion of America. Not people who listen to this show, typically. But it's Steelers. And and for me, like I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan, so I'm kind of jealous a little bit of the Steelers. Not even going to lie. Because uh, you guys have six rings and we have zero. And it doesn't yeah. look like we're going to get any anytime soon. Thank you, Chip Kelly, for the mess you've left us. Um, but, you know, the Steelers, that's a really interesting and iconic team. They're, they're just a blue bell team in the nfl and so why them specifically i don't <laughs> it's funny i don't actually know the answer to that question i just i found uh my mom passed away a few uh years ago and i found a notebook like a, a journal that she kept and in that journal was five-year-old like drawings wow. by michael o'neill and i was drawing steelers helmets when i was like six years old and i have no idea why i don't have a single person in my family that's a football fan, never mind a Steelers fan. Um, I was a kid. I have no idea, like, I don't have any idea how I even learned about the Steelers. But when I was, you know, four and five years old, they started winning Super Bowls. And then by the time I was, you know, through that decade, they'd won four. And uh, <laughs> I had always been a fan of the black and gold. I don't really know why. Um, fast forward to 1998. I was living in Boulder, Colorado. I had torn my ACL playing Ultimate Frisbee. And um, I remember watching a uh, documentary on HBO about quarterbacks, and I never realized really what they I, – I didn't know anything about the X's and O's of football, really. And when I learned about how complicated it is, and that was then, and it's even more complicated now, um, it, it blew me away. Like, it really, really impacted me to see the level of preparation and the level of nuance that these players have um, – on, on the field. And, and when, if you remind me a little later, I will tell you a story of that nuance from Super Bowl XL that Heinz told me on the show that made me, it floored me. It fl completely floored me. Nice. Um, but yeah, so I, I was a fan forever. And um, 
I don't really know why. And then in, in, about, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, there was always like a, I, I really liked Brett Favre as well. I just thought he was a really gritty gunslinger kind of dude. And the Steelers had drafted Heinz Ward, who, as you guys know, is, was known for just blowing guys up down the field. And with, when no receiver did that, they were all divas. And he was the guy that was looking for people to level. And uh, I loved that. I, I just loved that he had that grit. And of course, he you know, would go on to have this stellar career. But that's, I think, where the seed was planted, Ramona. It's not a bad seed. I mean, great seed. Yeah, great seed. it could be worse. I mean, you could be, for God's sakes, you know, a Titans fan. I mean, be a Browns and, fan. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it would, it's, it's more... Actually, geographically, from where yeah, you're it's, from. It's yeah. more apt that I would have should have been a Browns or Bengals fan. Oh, that would have been tragic for so, yeah. so many Bengals reasons. would have been okay, like, no. recently. No. But they're all such thugs. Not that, even that, uh, but they'd so, like, you know, like, this past season when we were watching them, I kept saying, you know, as I was watching games, like, don't believe the hype, don't believe the hype. And look at that. They, they couldn't deliver when it came time. It just, they never seemed to figure it out, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, they they were a, they were a fumble away from from beating the Steelers in the playoffs, but uh, but they didn't. Yeah, but that's right. But they didn't. That's exactly right. I mean, that's what champions. I mean, and you guys have talked about this. You, you, you I believe you and Hines have on the show where you know that last cat. What was which Super Bowl was it? Where you guys were holding your breath and you know it was like a miracle. It wasn't against the Cardinals. Was it against every, the every Super Bowl? Um, yeah, it was against <laughs> the Cardinals and yeah. and uh, Ben threw a laser and uh, Santonio Holmes caught it like with his tiptoe in the corner of the end zone and i to me still the best game best catch in a super bowl yeah I ever agree. yeah unreal i mean and i remember right where I, that's the, that's a weird thing about sports right is is that um i've told this story a number of times before where uh my mom when she was she was sick she would have these little like mini strokes right mm-hmm. and we were um i'll try to make this story short because it's it's complicated but but when you're when you've got a, a, a relative in a in a home of some sort, she was in a rehab facility at the time because she'd uh, broken a bone, and um, she when when those when they like they have you for a certain amount of time, and then when you you know you you have to leave at some point, you know they're they're just there temporarily, and when you leave like when you walk out the door, that bed is filled seconds after you leave. That's how those places work. Right. And then consequently, uh, and on the other side. There's a, you know, the place that you you try to go has like a literally a 48 hour window where if a bed opens up, it's got to get filled. There's a, a waiting list and you have 48 hours to get that person to that spot or it's gone. And so we got the message that there was a place opened up in Ohio. My mom's in uh, uh, Florida and I'm in Colorado and we get the message. Hey, there's a bed open in Ohio. We wanted to get her back to where she was from. So I had 48 hours to fly, to figure out where I was, fly to Florida, get all of her fares in order, then fly her to Ohio to get her plugged into this spot. And meanwhile, all the doors are closing behind us like it's a video game. You know, like, so as soon as she walks out, that we can't go back, you know. So we, we, get, her, um, we get her out of the place, and uh, we're on the way to the airport. You know, it's 24 hours in. It's like a Jack Bauer. And she starts having this little mini stroke and just starts talking random stuff. Well, you know, if we have a party, then, you know, the mailbox has to be full. And then if we do that, then, you know, make sure you get the tires filled in the car. I mean, just all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are you, mom, are you okay? Do you know where we are? And she's just rambling. So something's not connecting. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I'm watching, um, I'm watching her friend. I'm in the backseat with her, her friends driving us to the airport. And I see her friend's eyes darting into the rear view mirror. And we're like, oh no, 
this is a this is a problem. This is a big deal. We're driving to the airport to the right of us. Ten miles down the road is the hospital in front of us. Ten miles up the road is the airport or 15 miles up the road. And we can only choose one. There's only one choice because um, we, we won't make the plane if we go to the hospital. Right. And who knows if we go to the airport and something happens to her. So I make the call. I say, OK, let's go right. Um, I mean, this is as stressful of a situation as I've ever been in. Right. So I'm I'm looking on uh, uh, on the try on this preliminary version of maps on my phone trying to find the hospital. My mom's rambling. I think she's going to die. I'm insane because now I know, oh, no, we've, we have nowhere to go. The door's closed behind us. If we miss this plane, we literally have nowhere to go. And like if we miss out on this place, I have no idea what we're going to do with my mom. Like she's she's in no man's land. So we're cruising down the road. Finally, 10 minutes later, I said, Mom, do you know where we're going? Do you know what we're doing? She goes, well, we're going to the airport. And I go, okay. That's the first cohesive thing she said in a while. Why are we doing that? She said, well, that's where the planes are. I'm like, okay, I guess, I guess she's fine. That moment of stress, like the level of stress I had in that you know, 15, 20 minutes was only in my whole life matched when Jerome Bettis fumbled in the <laughs> AFC divisional against Indianapolis Colts in his second to last game. <laughs> no, that's they, they were meant to. But that how does sport do that? How what happens? How does that happen? How do we get uh, there's no logical reason why the potential stroke and or death of my mother should be on any plane with like a fumble in a football game. But in our uh, body, in our mind, it gets there. It's crazy why it gets there. So I had evolved into that much of a fan. And by the way, if just just to, so you guys don't completely like scorn me, a guy had a heart attack in Pittsburgh in that same exact play. So he was like in the hospital bed and they adorned it with all Steelers stuff because he, he had a heart attack while watching that play. So um, it was Jerome Bettis is like, that's how he was going to go out. That was going to be it. So um, it's crazy how that happens, though. And, and um, I don't remember what the original question was. <laughs> <laughs> that's OK, because it's a great story. And I think it, a yeah. lot of sports fans, though, you know, there's a reason we're called fans. It's short for fanatics. And sometimes, right. you know, fana it, it, fanatics aren't necessarily rational. You know, it's not rational for groups of adults to be yelling at like college kids, which we're, you know, we're taking this right now during March Madness. And it'll be, you know, like I'm yelling at the screen because I'm a UVA grad and um, we just lost to Syracuse and we were up by 16 and with nine minutes to go. And then we fell apart. One of the mm. nation's best teams and we just fall apart. And I'm just going, you know, and in the scheme of things, what's happened to me this year, you know, I didn't scream that much. But in years past, oh, I would have been devastated for days afterwards. It, it makes no sense. I feel like right. sometimes it's because and maybe college is a little bit different than pros, but because I went to the school, I feel like I'm definitely part of it. Like I am a Wahoo. I am a Cavalier. But I think people, you know, we self-identify with these things so much. They become part of us. They become part of our tribe. And like you said, you can go to any sports bar, particularly when you're a Steelers fan and find Steelers fans because you guys are everywhere. You are everywhere. You know, you did something right there that I, I don't do. And it always it somehow it bugs me a little bit um, when people do it. But it makes more sense because you went there. I, I don't do the we. Like you if don't? the Steelers, no, if the Steelers lose and I go, yeah, we, we, uh, we had them. And then I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not collecting a paycheck from the Steelers organization. So I don't say we, I say they, um, I said, yeah, they were, it was close. They were, they were really close to winning. And, and I, I always view it like that, but I can totally see how people say we, um, it's certainly in college and pro I have a harder time. I think 
Yeah, pro I do too, just because again, like, and just like you said, with, you know, college, there's so many levels of access. Even if you didn't go to the school, you could still be a booster and alumni and get into there. And that's why the NCAA is full of problems, like, you know, sanctions and things like that. I mean, it's irrational, the kind of scandals that have come out of college, some of them horrific, Sure. Um, you know, over what is amateur sports. I mean, it's right, amateur right, exactly. sports for God's sakes. And so it, it's just, it's crazy to me. I actually did in college, I was a sociology major and that was my final thesis paper was on this, how sports have become like a religion in, in the United States. Cause if you go particularly to a college game, you know, think about it. It's very much like going to an evangelical church. You all dress the same. We have a big picnic in the parking lot that we all sing the same hymns. We all stand up and sit down at the same time. The coach is the minister. And the more you pay that collection plate, cause they, they ask all the time during the game, Hey, donate it to our athletic foundation, um, closer access to the coach and the minister, better seats up front to huh. the pulpit. I never thought of that, but you're exactly right. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it is very much a religion for many. Yeah, and we don't like the church down the road. <laughs> <laughs> right, yes, exactly. Our church that, is That better. pastor doesn't know what he's doing, right. and uh, they're all thugs. That's right, that's right. That's right, that's exactly. pretty funny. No, but I it's never true. thought about that, but it's 100% true. Yeah, and that's why for me doing this show, you know, I just love talking about these stories because I feel like we can all understand the balance that we need to have in life because people, I mean, if you think about it, you know, there's a reason why it's a multi-billion dollar industry no matter what sport you're looking at and then you get into like something that's happened to you where you actually get to work side by side with your I mean he is your favorite athlete yes he was my yeah he was my favorite player of all time and what's Um, that like because that's a whole different (laughs) dynamic because I know the story let's tell the story because we haven't John was on John Lee Dumas um, yeah, uh, he was on my show yeah. in the past and I will, I love him. He's great. I know he's a pal of yours. And, um, he, he brought it up that you were, you guys were working together and it was going to be in podcast websites. And, and I was super excited. And the minute I found out, I wanted to tell the world and everyone was yeah. like, you can't say anything. I was like, but, 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 and they're like, no, and I'm like, oh. yeah, we had to hang on to it for a little while. I know. Yeah. I, I was um, very good. <laughs> so I, I, there was a lot of things about Heinz Ward that I really, really loved. I mean, Beside the fact that he was a Steeler, because I, like I said, I was a Brett Favre fan, I, and I'm not a, uh, I'm not a Packers fan, but um, I, I loved that he was kind of undersized. Um, he was mixed race, so I knew he had gotten bullied when he grew up. Uh, I knew that he played differently than, like, with more heart than anybody. I mean, really, truly, he was the guy that every player on an opposing team hated, and then every coach on the opposing team said, "I wish he was on my team." Um, truly had more heart than everybody had to really earn and prove himself because, you know, he joined the league and then, and then the next season, the Steelers drafted a wide receiver, number one. And then the next season after that, the Steelers drafted a wide receiver, number one. So it was like, okay, what are you guys trying to tell me now? Like that he's not doing a good enough job or whatever. And man, he told such a cool story yesterday about it. I can only get into one of the the big stories, but he's got a lot of cool ones. Um, so I loved him as a player. Um, so I was restoring this. Uh, so I've been racing cars since uh, 2000. And when you do that, you always have to pick a number. And when I, I actually picked 86 as my number way back in the day, because I just liked, I liked number 86. I liked how he played. And that became my race car number. Uh, now it, it's been, actually, I think it was 2002 when I, when I started with that number. And, um, and so, you know, we're 14 years into this fandom of me of, of this guy so when i started my show which is called the solopreneur hour um in august 2013 i hung up a heinz ward jersey on the wall and i call this studio 86 
And it's a bit of, I pay a little bit of homage to Dave Damashek's football program where he has <laughs> Studio 66 by Mario Lemieux. Nice. And I was like, well, I'm going to have Studio, Studio 86. So I, I say that on the show. I say, hey, welcome to Studio 86, blah, blah. So fast forward a couple years and I get a phone call from John Lee Dumas. And he says, hey, man, have you ever heard of Shaquille O'Neal's big podcast? And I said, I've heard of it. I've not heard it. And he's like, it's cool. It's like pop culture meets, you know, uh, sports and you know, Justin Bieber goes on and Cameron Diaz and blah, blah. And I said, cool. He goes, I've been approached by another celebrity to launch a show. I really don't have the bandwidth for it, but I was thinking you might, uh, you might uh, be interested. I'm like, all right, who is it? What's the deal? And he goes, well, I'm thinking that we could do kind of like a revenue share kind of deal. If we get advertising, you know, I don't know if it's going to pay any money up front, but we can split it, that kind of thing. I said, yeah, great. Uh, who is it? And he goes, and, you know, I think that there might be some kind of opportunity to host the show. I'm like, dude, <laughs> who the F is it? Like, who is it? He said, well, um, it is none other than number 86 himself, Heinz Ward. And I said, you have got to be essing me right now. <laughs> and he said, uh, I said, you could have said it was Tom Cruise. And I would have been like, all right, fine. We'll launch a show for Tom Cruise. Who cares? And I was like, wait, really? Because he was one of my top five gets on my own show. Mm -hmm. Because he, he, he not only had this storied career, two, two Super Bowl wins, Super Bowl MVP, but then would go on to win Dancing with the Stars and then become an Ironman triathlete. So, and, you know, open restaurants. And just like, he's a solopreneur. I know he is, you know? Right. So I said, okay. So fast forward. Uh, we talked to his people, um, you know, a little bit on the phone. Then finally we got him on the phone. He doesn't know anything about it. He's just being brought this idea as a potential thing. And, you know, in October, uh, six weeks later, I'm sitting across the table from him. Um, in Atlanta at, at this steakhouse where we start talking about the potential of doing the show. And so, and this is where things get a little weird. I'm going to get a little woo-woo on you guys. But we have this great meeting. I show him how to periscope for the first time. Steeler Nation right away, like jumps on and well, 600 people are well, on his first periscope. It's Heinz right? Ward. Hello. Yeah. yeah. Which, was, I mean, Heinz has 2 million on social media. So it's not like he's, he's, he's a legit celeb, you know. And um, so we have this great meeting. I'm back in the, the car with Matt, who's his manager, dude. And we're about to pull out of this parking lot. And I look, at, I look right dead in front of us. And I go, dude, stop. And he goes, what? And I go, look, look right ahead of us. So now we're in this parking lot in Atlanta. And we're in a, basically a mall parking lot. And we're at this steakhouse that's right by it. And all these, there's hundreds of light poles. And they're numbered so that you know where your car is. You know, so you don't get lost in the middle of this sea of poles. Directly in front of us is pole number 86. <gasps> no way. Like, all right, that's crazy. That's crazy. But like, so I took a picture of it. I'm like, all right, that's nuts. And again, there's hundreds of them. We could have easily parked anywhere else. So I'm like, all right, that's nuts, right? So um, fast forward again. We end up launching the show with Jerome Bettis. And I'll tell you a couple stories about that in a second um, as episode one. And I'm, you know, we, we do the show. We're launching. It's going really well, blah, blah, blah. Now, my podcast journey started in 2012 where I was behind the scenes of another show called The Kick-Ass Life with David Wood. And I was just doing production on it. Like, uh, David spoke into the microphone. I did everything else. I built the website. I did all the social media. I did the editing. I did everything. I even put the intro and outro together and, and uh, you know, did the voiceover on it, all of it. So he was, <laughs> David was um, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. We used to pride ourselves on doing shows from all over the world. That was like our thing is that we'd always get a show out. So he's climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. He's in Africa and he's off the grid. We thought we'd prepared for it. We thought we had, he thought he'd be able to upload the show, but like 
out of contact for 10 days. And I'm like, man, we need a show. This, you know, the show must go on. Thursday episode's coming up, so we've got to do it. So I decided to jump on the mic for the first time ever and record a 45-minute show on how to use social media to grow your, like, solopreneur business nice. at the time. Yeah, it was great. And a couple things happened. Number one, I found it very comfortable and natural. I didn't know that this was a skill set that I possessed, but here we are. And that I got a bunch of feedback from people that were like, um, you should do this. Like, that was pretty good. You know, that was like, entertaining and, and it was really informative and you should definitely do that more. And so fast forward, I launched this show. I've got, you know, I'm approaching my 8 millionth download for the Solopreneur Hour in a couple of years. And um, I get one of those things on Facebook like five or six weeks ago that says um, on this day. Remember, the, you know, the on this day and it shows yeah. you like, what you posted last year, the year before, year before, year before, year before, year before. So four years ago, um, 2012, or no, actually it was 2013. So it was three years ago, mm -hmm. 2013 on whatever date that was. I said, hey guys, I just recorded my very first podcast um, for the Kick-Ass Life. And here's the link, uh, kickasslife.com slash 86. Oh my God. There's no way you can make that up. There's gonna, no way you can make wow, that up. Wow. It's a sign. Yeah. It was meant to be. Yes. So that be. I thought was absolutely bonkers. <laughs> um, so back to the fanboy thing. Uh, I was I was pretty, you know, I don't I'm not very um, I'm not very starstruck by by too many folks. I think if I met Jennifer Lawrence, I might tie a few words together um, or Fair Mila enough. Kunis or something. Fair but uh, but with Heinz, I met him I was like, you know, good to meet you. But I knew that in this meeting this was my wheelhouse. We weren't running routes. Right. And I know what I'm doing in this world. I've launched a number of very successful podcasts. So it's like, hey, this is my thing. You know, I can help you with this. I know I can grow your brand. You're going to have to believe in me and you're going to have to trust me on this. But, but, you know, we can make this happen if you want. So um, we do that. It was great. You know, <laughs> so I'm telling Heinz, hey, you know, jump on. This is I'm now back home in San Diego. I'm telling Heinz, hey, jump on Periscope, jump on Periscope, you know, jump on. Finally, like out of the blue, one day I'm meeting with somebody at, at lunch and I get a notification on my phone that says, hey, Heinz Ward's on Periscope. I'm like, hold on a second. And I kind of put my meeting on hold and, and I get on Periscope and I start coaching him up, tell him to swipe right, tell him to share, blah, 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 right? And so I do all that. And um, I had not had a holy crap moment yet. <laughs> and so he does his thing. He does a great job. He's insanely coachable. And... <laughs> hangs up the periscope and I'm like, I'm away. I'm unlocking my bike. My phone rings and it's an Atlanta number. He lines up in Atlanta. I said, hello. He goes, Hey man, it's Heinz. And I was like, and that was the first moment I said, Holy shit. Heinz Ward just called me. <laughs> and, um, he, and he said, Hey, what's up? It's Heinz. Yeah. He goes, Hey, what's up? It's Heinz. <laughs> like he's a normal person, but yeah. he's Heinz Ward. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, Heinz. And you wanted uh, to say the word after it's Heinz Ward. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Heinz Ward. Um, and do we talk for like 20 minutes? And I instantly switched into coaching mode. And, and, and I said, dude, you did a great job. And the next time do this, 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 and great. And he's like, all right, man, cool. I'm like, all right. So we chatted and that was it. You know, that was like, I was like, wow. That, all right. That was the first stop in the middle of the street. And I was like, all right, that was pretty cool. Heinzor just called me to get advice on Periscope. And then the next one was, I did, um, I get this message from Heinz. He goes, yo man, can you jump on Skype? You know, I go, yeah. So I jump on Skype and I, and I, we jumped on video and to, uh, and to my left, is Heinz Ward, and to my right is Jerome Bettis, who's my <laughs> second favorite player of all time. Because he's the boss. Um, he's a fantastic. He's the boss, and I, mean, I can make the argument that he's my favorite too. But he's, I mean, nah. come on, he's the boss. He's the boss. Heinz is the man. Yeah. So I do a forty-five minute show, or episode one of the Heinz Ward show, 
with Bussy. I can call him Bussy now. And Heinz Ward. <laughs> and I just, we did this thing and it was great. And I was like, I, I, I did, I was still early. I was, it's a little weird. It's weird to be thrown into Celebville. I'm, you know, we've already done, you know, a, we've done a bunch of celebrities uh, so far on the yeah, show. You have. You've had some really good guests. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's, and it's a little, I mean, it's like, even though I, I know I have the chops for it, it's a little intimidating to, <laughs> to, um, to, uh, you're like, Charles Barkley. Um, and he goes, uh, he goes, <laughs> he goes, uh, what, what's your, what's the cursing thing on your show? I, I can go PG or, or, or not for this. What, are you allowed to curse on your oh, show? Oh, you can you, curse. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I thought okay, you meant Charles so, Barkley's asking you that. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, so no. He goes, um, so he goes, hey, Heinz, how you doing? I'm good, good. And he goes, um, and Heinz goes, yeah, man, you're on, you're on with me and, and uh, my co-host, Michael O'Neill. And Charles goes, well. Michael, I don't know who the fuck you are, but I'm looking forward to getting to know you. <laughs> and I was like, that's awesome. You know, I want and then, Charles Barkley to say that to me. <laughs> oh, it was funny. And then Anthony Jeselnik did almost the same thing. And that was actually the I was the most nervous for because I'm a big comedy guy. You said was, that. I listened to the episode. That was yeah. an excellent episode. And I could yeah. I, you were not you were fine. Um, but you mentioned you were like, no, this is the one. Yeah. yeah, it was the one that really made me nervous because I because I'm such a comedy nerd. And I do really have a, a ton of respect. And and that he doesn't care at all about me like he didn't give a shit about who i was because well, and he even said it yeah. he was like well i don't really care about you but i'm i'm psyched about heinz work you know? <laughs> it was funny and i got it but um but it was uh yeah that was the one i was most nerve-wracked for any anyway, point is i had a couple of holy shit moments and it was the first phone call and the first jerome bettis and other than that it's been uh it's been good now we're in we're in a groove he calls me my brother on the show and stuff. Now. He does. He does. My favorite, yeah. personally, for personal reasons, Heath Miller, because I'm a UVA grad. And oh, I love man. Heath Miller. Heath. Heath. And we did that first. Wahoo Nation. Oh, no way. That. Yeah. That's no. Cool. Yeah. Oh, no. And so what's funny is, is that at, um, this is a really funny story. So I have season tickets to UVA football, which is sad because UVA football is terrible. But um, we have season tickets. And one year, Penn State was in. And of course, Penn State's full of Steelers fans. So, and they travel really well. So the entire stadium's filled. And we do this thing um, in the fourth quarter where they have like graduate like athletes come back on our pretty famous people like Tina Fey and Katie Couric. And they're like, mm. I'm proud of you, Wahoo. And Heath's there. The entire stadium, including all the Penn State fans, were like, he, <laughs> like all of us, the entire stadium. And it was, it was a good moment because he's yeah. such a great guy. Right. He's super nice, dude. Are you doing and okay with the retirement? Honestly? I, you know, um, I'll tell you, uh, we picked up a pretty awesome guy. <laughs> That's so, true. Yeah, we picked up a guy who's, uh, a, 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 I don't know how his blocking is, but he's a, he's a real receiving threat. So, uh, who knows? You know? I feel like it's, like you said earlier, it's, um, the Steelers have a, a way of, being perennial contenders because of because of how they manage the team and how they uh, how they treat their their players and stuff. So I think that that we if, if they're on the field, we've got a chance when you got Big Ben, you know, and and, you know, this this now lights out receiving core and lights out running back. It's really hard to 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 count them out. Is it odd for you as a Steelers fan to watch the progression? Because, you know, the last couple of years, it's been very an offensive minded team, whereas I still think of the steel curtain. I can't help it, you know, because yeah, it's-, it's been kind of awesome, to be honest. Oh, is it? Yeah, because I mean, we, we we went through. So think about this. They went through this huge time where, you know, their offensive linemen were giant and they had these unbelievable running backs and they won four championships. And then they had this sort of middle years. They did nothing in the 80s. And then they had these middle years in the 90s where 
they it was like they still had a lot of players that were you know big offensive line, good running backs, good defense, but no quarterback, like no real quarterback. When you get a guy that goes 15 and 1 in his rookie season and then just gets better from there, it's hard not to want to utilize his his strengths. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like he's one he, he I think he's a Hall of Famer. He's going to he's going to he was one of the fortunate you know, uh, 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 draft picks. And Heinz and I were just talking last night about how how hard it is to bring him down. He is. He said, you know, Heinz said he's often the biggest guy in the field. Period. So it's hard to like not look at that and go, dude. And especially now, there was a game the Steelers played against um, Denver, the first Denver game last year, where Denver crushed them in the first half, like lights out. In the second half, Ben put together. To me, the best passing performance I've ever seen in football, in, in any for anybody, because Denver's, as we know, Denver's uh, secondary and their defense is the best that we've seen in in many, 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 many years. Absolutely. And ben had to rifle these balls, and he his windows were so tight, he had barely any room to throw any of these passes, and I've never seen him more accurate. Like, and these 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 receivers were completely blanketed and Ben threw for like 300 and something yards. I, I, I texted Hines. I was like, dude, I've never seen anything like this. And he was like, he's, he's in another world right now. He's mind blowing. So that to me just tells me that he can hang with the best in the, in the business. And you know, he's got three or four more years in the tank as long as he stays healthy, I think. Yeah, no. And I think there's a bright future in Pittsburgh. I think if they figure out some of the, unfortunately, players off-field issues, and that's every NFL team has to deal with that, um, you know, and get those key players back in there, you know. Yeah. Um, I like yeah, my Tomlin's Yeah, the Martavis thing was a, was, a, was a bummer. It, it is a bummer. It is a bummer. And it's not really, that doesn't happen too often with that family. You know, the Roonies, they keep that ship pretty tight. Yeah, they they uh they you know they they bounced Plexico as soon as he started having issues. They bounced uh, the hero of that Cardinals game, uh, Antonio Holmes. As soon as he started having issues, they, they just they don't put up with it. They just don't play around with their team, and I love no. it. It's a great no. it's a great business example. I know you, especially as you're in the business, you know mindset that you're in, can appreciate that. For sure, yeah. I mean, there's 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 a lot of uh, integrity from the top down and i think that's why the the team itself has so many loyal followers because they just they just uh you can you can count on them to do the right thing whereas you look at Cincinnati or like um the raiders sometimes where they're right. really bringing on people that have really questionable tactics and and you just wonder like what the you know I don't know. It doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel like you, you know, it's like, yeah, if, if you can't be proud as a fan of like all the players on your team and, and how they, they show up in the world, then I don't know. I don't love that. How many episodes have you done of Heinz Ward right now? How many have you published or have you <laughs> just a- put our four, uh, 14th is, is in the uh, was today. Mm-hmm. And then we just did. Um, we've got Bill Cower coming on for episode 15. Huh. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love how you're just so casual. And we have Bill Coward just casually coming on. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, that was a cool one, too. That was one of my favorites. My favorite episode so far has been, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, dude from Poison, Brett Michaels, has been my favorite. Yeah, I bet. I bet. That was a good yeah. one, too. Um, what have you learned so far from Heinz doing this whole process? Heinz is a, a uh, he, he definitely thinks like a, an MVP. 
he doesn't the way he shows up in life is the way he showed up on the field. He is a uh, he is a f- hyper focused individual. Um, he's very no compromise with how he operates his life, uh, including like his his place looks like a hotel and he doesn't he doesn't believe in cleaning ladies because he just likes to work hard. So he does all of his own stuff. He cleans a huge house in Atlanta. He cleans it himself. And has the whole family pitch in and clean it, um, but he doesn't hire it out, which I think was really funny. Um, he is constantly hustling and open to ideas and has a really entrepreneurial spirit. He doesn't miss workouts. He's never, ever, ever, ever late for anything. He's on, like, when we say we're doing a show at 6.30, he, he texts me at, like, 6.30 and 10 seconds as I'm ready. So he's a route runner. And, and they said that to me at the beginning. He's not... He's not very creative. It's not how he is. But you tell him what to do or show him once how to do it, and he's got it. He's locked in. You can, and you can count on him. Like, you could count on him to move the chains on third down. That's how he thinks about day-to-day life. And I, I thought that was really great. Um, I have adopted a couple of those things. Like, I won't go to bed now if I have dirty dishes in the sink. Nice. Um, That's yeah, a good one. Which I thought was cool. Like, yeah, it's a good one. And And... And even really small things like that, it's, it's just how he shows up in life. And, uh, and I think that's really pretty impressive. That's, uh, he's, and he's, he really has a lot of integrity. That's awesome. So you were one of the few people in the world probably that has had the opportunity to kind of hero worship. I feel like you have a balanced hero worship. But, and then you actually get to meet the hero and the hero may, um, met the expectations. Yeah, and that and that wasn't the case. I met uh, Carter Beauford from the Dave Matthews Band, and he was a total fuckwad to me. So, oh no! Um, yeah, and he was one of my favorite drummers of all time. Oh, another, and then I've heard that story. U, another UVA um, person, by yeah, the way, Dave I've Matthews heard, from UVA. Yeah, I've heard that story now uh, three times. That he's he just is a jerk. He's a jerk in real life. So whenever I see him like smiling on stage and doing the thing, I'm like, that is complete bullshit. Yeah, it really does that ruin a, it for that you. That is a BS. Yeah, it, it really it does. Yeah. Yeah, I met a... Um, so, no. Yeah. For I, the most part, he's been cool. That's awesome. No, and I think that's great. And I think the show is terrific. And again, if you haven't listened to it already, you're silly. It's It's been everywhere in iTunes. Um, you know, I've been promoting it. Podcast websites has been promoting it. And I just can't say enough good things about um, Heinz Ward. And of course, Michael O'Neill, you've been great to work with. And thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Michael, if Galpon Nation wants to know more about your solopreneur show, let's talk about that for a minute because they may not be because Galpon Nation is varied and diverse. Tell them a little bit about, about that show, too. Galpon Nation. You have been talking to John Lee Dumas. Um, <laughs> Uh, you didn't get, you were just going to tell the story about a hero you met and I interrupted you. Oh yeah. Um, no, I actually got to meet several people. I did the Disney internship in college and so they train you when you, I was on a special team in the magic kingdom that when they would do special events, they would train you on how to do, um, you know, celebrities and how to handle them. And so I met all kinds of different people. Marie Osmond, fantastic. Barry Bonds Mm. was actually super nice guy. Steven Tyler, the best. Um, but there were a couple that you're just like, really? You're so mean. And one of them was Joe Montana. He was so just like, I'm like, really? I loved you Mm. as a child. And you're just like, it was just, it was just, depressing and sad who else who else was a douche um michael eisner <laughs> but he was about right. to get fired so that made yeah. sense um, he wasn't in a good mood no i mean most actually most of the celebrities are really awesome um you know i um 
trying to remember all the people. Because they know. They yeah. know that they're going to they're gonna get tweeted about now. Yeah, now they have you to. Better, you better be nice. Yeah, but back then, this is 2001. There was no Twitter. Right. So, right. no. That's yeah. about the same time I met uh, uh, Cutter Beauford. It was about that same. It was when it was right. It was the day they recorded the uh, live from Folsom Field oh, show. Oh, a good show. Yeah, it was pretty good, except I really had a bad taste in my mouth. I was like, ah, forget the show. I'm going to leave. Did it ruin Dave yeah. Matthews forever for you? It ruined him for multiple years. Yeah, many, many, many years. I listen to him. I'll listen to him now because um, I, I, like, I like to play some of the tunes. Um, I, don't, I have not heard anything new from them that I've paid any attention to in many years. So, uh, yeah. So it, I, I like the old stuff, but I don't, I don't yeah. listen to any of their new stuff I will anymore. say Cra- not- Crash was my husband's favorite album, one of them. Yeah. 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 I think when, great. yeah, and that was probably the best one they did. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, after that day, I was like, okay, you're, you're, you're never getting another dime of my money. That's how that works. You know? I think that's fair. Yeah. I, I think fair. that's fair. I think um, that's fair. The Solopreneur Hour is a show for other proudly unemployable people like myself. <laughs> I love that. Uh, it is. I want to be proudly uh, unemployable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not hard. You just tell your boss that you're, go pound sand and you're, you know, you're there. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, it's, it's three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm up to episode 405 of, with that show. And we've, um, we've talked to some really cool, I say we as the Royal, we, I've talked to some really cool people in this, you know, two and a half years now. And it's my, my concept for the show was always entertainment first. And it was always, I, I don't intend on giving you you know, wall-to-wall actionable content. I'm more interested in making sure you're interested for an hour. And then if I can kind of Trojan horse the the life lessons or the business lessons while we're in the middle of an entertaining conversation, then then so be it. And that's that's the premise I operate under. Yeah, it's a great show. Even if you're not, um, you know, into entrepreneurship, I just love some of the stories you get out of some of these people because, you, you know, you have, you've had some pretty good people. The Heinz Ward episode, if you do, I'll link it in my show notes at sportsgalpod.com um, because that one's excellent because Heinz goes through his entire backstory. I mean, everything yeah. from his um, father to, you know, going back to Korea to his, you know, his divorce to his family now. It's so interesting to listen to that. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, to me that was cool. And Heinz is has been really interesting because, you know, as as many athletes are, they're they're very much trained to say nothing. They're like politicians. So it's been a real challenge for me as a host to to give him to make let him understand that he has permission to speak freely and just go and go for it. You know, like really be yourself. It's one of the things that really frustrated him with um with his last TV gig is you know they would you know if he, if he got a Sometimes he gets, um, uh, what, what's the right word? I, I'm forgetting the, the actual grammatical term for it. Uh, is it tense? Yeah, maybe uh, he'll it's get tense. the tense wrong. He'll get the tense wrong on something. And, um, and they would always call him out, you know, on NBC. And he's like, just, I'm from Atlanta, man. This is like, this is some, sometimes it's just how we talk. I'll do my best, but don't worry. I said, Heinz, your name's on the marquee on your podcast. Uh, no one's kicking you out of this one. Talk however you want, man. Do your thing. Um, and I, I think it's comfortable for him when he does that. And he's getting, he's really getting there. And now recently he's been offered another TV gig. So we'll see what happens. Oh, that's exciting. Well, we'll look forward to that. Yeah. Michael, if Galpa Nation wants to follow you on social media, because you are everywhere. 
Your Instagram is my most favorite thing, but I know you're also big into Snapchat right now. Um, where should they I'm go? Snapping. Uh, <laughs> Solo Hour. S O L O H O U R is where uh, is is where you can find me. Pretty much everywhere. SoloHour.com on Instagram, on Snapchat, on the Twitter. Uh, it's all there. Solo Hour. And you did that because no one can really spell entrepreneur. That's right. No one can spell solopreneur. No one can no spell. No one. No one can spell preneur. So I have to, you know, back it off. I still have trouble. I'm part of, I was telling Michael off air, I'm part of Chris Decker. Now I'm getting Chris Decker free, like he needs anything free. Um, but I'm part of yeah, a Zupreneur yeah. community. <laughs> I he doesn't always... give anything free either. No, he's he really, uh, no, he... he's a cheap ass, that guy. <laughs> no, he doesn't. But I'm, I'm <laughs> super excited. I get to do a, a mastermind with him in a couple of weeks at um, Social Media Marketing World with me and like four other Zupreneurs. I'm super, super stoked. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm really, really excited. And what's funny is whenever we're on conference calls and he'll call me or um, I see him on Periscope, I always go, what up, Doug? and that's kind of my thing with him so what, yes. up, duck? what up duck yes and he gets yeah, like, he's like cool. ramona and i'm like thank you ducker yeah uh, <laughs> he's a cool guy anyway but i've kind of gotten better at spelling preneur but even then sometimes i have to check and go and i'm trying to log into my own like thing i'm paying for uh, so yeah, yeah right, it's exactly tricky. so you're very smart with the solo hour but i wanted to pull it out there again it is michael o'neill michael thank you so so much i know you're a super busy guy and for you to take the time to come onto my show and tell your story it was just fantastic thank you so much it has been a little slice of heaven, Ramona. Thank you for having me. And uh, it's fun to talk sports. I, I literally have never gotten a chance to tell many of these stories uh, in all of my different interviews and stuff like that. So it's been really cool for me, too. Thanks for listening to the Sports Gal Pal podcast. And be sure to check out sportsgalpal.com.